and welcome to the very first BoxBox podcast. Now, here we're going to be talking about all things F1. That includes race weekends, driver transfers, issues with drivers, teams and things like that. Everything. Now, 2020 itself, so far, has been a lot to talk about. And that all starts from the pre-season testing back in February where Mercedes revealed the DAS, or the dual-axis steering, which allowed them to change the toe of the front wheels, um, to allow them to like warm up and adjust tyre wear. Then, after the pre-season test, uh, Williams had some big issues, as their title sponsor, Rokit, pulled out. And then, of course, due to Covid, all the races were cancelled, basically. Um, well, most of them. Um, once we got to Australia, um, it got called off. We kept waking up to see more tracks postponed or cancelled. And then it was announced that Austria would be the first one in July. Then, obviously, still during that break while we're waiting, we had the very surprising news that Carlos Sainz would go to Ferrari next year. Daniel Ricciardo replacing McLaren. Now, I know a lot of us weren't really expecting signs to Ferrari, but that meant that Seb was out. And that was the news because Ferrari didn't offer Seb a contract. It's not like he turned around and said no, they didn't offer him a contract. Even though I think if they offered him a contract, he might have said no and looked elsewhere. That then meant that he was on the market and it took a while but only recently it was announced that he would be joining Aston Martin which there was a lot of speculation about for quite a while obviously we've also got brand new tracks this year some we've already raced out like Nürburgring, Ring uh, Portimao um, Magellan things like that um, and then obviously we've still got Turkey um, the new Bahrain layout for the second race there, um, Imola, uh, yeah, it's been a good year for new tracks, although the only sad thing was the new tracks we were meant to get, Vietnam and Zandvoort, obviously didn't happen this year. Um, in the first race to Austria, it was a chaotic start to the season, um, so much happened, and it really showed how chaotic this season would be I mean first of all we had the Ferrari trouble Ferrari's pace were nowhere near what it should be or where it has been or anything like that Um, they were just so far off it although Leclerc did manage to get um, second in the end they technically finished third um, but because of Hamilton's penalty was a very big talking point because him and Albon collided once again just like they did in Brazil last year except this time Hamilton got a penalty and it ended up costing him the podium and he came fourth but that then allowed Lando Norris to get third in an amazing final few laps where he just put everything into it obviously Red Bull had a WDNF um, that race which was said to be both engine issues 
we know Verstappen was, but we don't know if there was a little bit of damage from the contact with Hamilton for Albon. From that point on, the Mercedes dominance kicked in. It was just one, or it was either a one-two or a win for most of the season. Only two races so far haven't been won by Mercedes. One um, was Max Verstappen in his 70th anniversary Grand Prix at Silverstone, and the other I'll get to later because that's a whole thing on its own. So after Austria, we had uh, this. Well, still at the Red Bull ring. But Ferrari's troubles still continued there uh, for the uh, Styrian Grand Prix, where Vettel um, got his rear wing um, completely smashed off by Leclerc going into the back of him. Um, and one thing I didn't mention actually in the first Austrian Grand Prix was the return of Spinala. Seb spun round after contact with Carlos Sainz, um, which sadly wasn't the last time we'd see Spinada back in action obviously the Mercedes dominance uh, continued after uh, the Austrian Grand Prix um, and then in the British Grand Prix at Silverstone we had that bizarre race where towards the end loads of people's tyres started to fail including Carlos Sainz, Valtteri Bottas and race leader Lewis Hamilton Luckily for Lewis, he managed to continue and he had such a big gap that he made it across the line with a puncture. And somehow he even made it back round to Park Fermi. Now, when you watch that back, it is incredible how he managed to get that car back, considering how destroyed that tyre was and the damage it could have caused to the car and how far he had to go with Verstappen constantly hunting him down. I felt sorry for signs in that race, and Kvyat, because Kvyat's crash was not really his fault, but he blamed himself. Although Kvyat hasn't had the best season, and he's not the best driver out there, I'm not saying he's bad, I'm just saying there are better out there. I mean, of course he's better than some, but... He hasn't had the best season, and I felt bad for him that race, but I did feel bad more so for Carlos Sainz, who got that puncture right at the end after having a great race, and then having to stop for that really ruined it for him. Obviously, then we get to Monza a bit later, um, and that was just one of the best races, or best race outcomes for a very long time, it was the first time a Mercedes, Red Bull and Ferrari, or Ferrari even, haven't been on the podium since 2011, I believe, I think that's right, um, because instead, Pierre Gasly, the man who everyone loves and deserved to win the most, managed to win uh, with Sainz and Stroll coming in behind him. Now, everyone that's watched Drive to Survive has seen the effects and how much Gasly's been through. And also, you also know that because of Antoine and the Red Bull scene and everything. Even if you haven't watched Drive to Survive. But for him to 
go through all that and then get his redemption I mean he got the redemption in Brazil when he got second but a race win it was one of the best final laps or best um, podiums I've ever watched now obviously after that um, at Mugello bit of a chaotic race Ferrari and obviously their thousandth um, Grand Prix sporting their livery um, to mark the occasion a very nice livery actually um, but a bit of a chaotic race to say the least big pile up um, and also a big crash on lap one but the pile up came later after the safety car um, all because of one car Accelerating and slowing down behind the safety car as it went. Um, well, it wasn't behind the safety car because safety car was in the pits, but as they were going from under safety car. Now, after that, Lewis got his 91st equaling Schumacher in wins, and then last weekend, just the other day actually, as I'm recording this, in Portimao he won and beat the record. Now, Portimao itself we could talk about for a very long time. But instead, I'm going to be talking about something a bit different today. However, I am going to circle back to that 92nd win because it is a world record. And he's now beaten Michael Schumacher in terms of wins. And it has the most wins of anyone in Formula 1. That's not the only record that's been broken this year because he broke the other record um, like earlier in the year but someone else actually broke a record Kimi Räikkönen for the most races started and I believe that was only one or two races ago Um, but as if it's been 19 years I believe of Kimi Räikkönen journey he's had and obviously the Iceman is a lot of people's favourite personality um, or at least up there with the likes of Ricardo and the McLaren boys talking of the Iceman himself in Portugal he had a great race picking up 10 places by the first corner of the second lap so one lap and one corner gained 10 places from 16th to 6th he just made it look easy everyone else was slipping around in the rain but he just stuck to it and he got there and he got up to it sadly he did finish 11th but it would have been great if he managed to finish up there in the points still now the thing I want to be talking about is Alex Albon because Red Bull revealed that it's his seat to lose at Red Bull and uh, He's only got about three races, two to three races to prove, or to earn his seat even. So, quite a short amount of time really. But, he, will he earn it? I don't think he will. Since earning that podium in Magellan, which was his first podium, He's only scored one point. And when you look back at all the races, 
Monza, he was involved in contact. Austria, he was involved in that contact with Lewis. Every time there's a bit of contact, it seems he's around there. Either he's involved or he's near it. And he's... I mean, you're never going to equal my acceleration. You're never going to be able to get out with him when you're in that situation in the Red Bull. But you should at least be close. You should be top four, top five at least every time. And he's not. Like I said, since that podium in Magella, it's got one point. And how many races is that? That's a couple of races. It's not like it's the next weekend or two weekends. Red Bull standard and I do feel sorry because Pierre Gasly he's done incredible and Christian Horner's even said they're not going to be choosing a driver from the Red Bull pool of drivers if they do have to replace him because that means Kvyat won't get it Gasly won't get it and no one in the Red Bull driver program will get it however that means people like Hulkenberg Perez um Vessel's got a seat now, but Hulkenberg and Perez especially will um, be options for them, and obviously other drivers as well, like um, well, I mean, Alonso's back with them uh, with Renault, which was quite a big talking point I don't know how he's going to do because as much as we all love Alonso is he past the stage? Is he a bit old for F1 now? I mean, obviously I want him to do well and everything, but he's not the young Fernando that was a world champion with Renault. And is he able to keep up with the other teams? I'm talking of next season. I know I'm jumping around a bit here, but next year... McLaren are using Mercedes engines. They're going back to McLaren Mercedes. And when you look back at what McLaren did with Mercedes at the, their peak, when they had the Vodafone livery and Lewis was there, and that whole little era, they were... Well, they won world championships. They could do it. And look at Racing Point with the Mercedes engine. Although, yeah, they were accused of copying Mercedes car, which they had done bits, it is something to do with the engine, obviously, because if you don't have an engine in a car, you could have the best aero car, if you don't have the engine in it, how are you going to perform, and with McLaren getting that Mercedes engine back, it means they can perform, it means they can do even better than they are now. Hopefully. And that's got to be good for them. I mean, okay. Yeah, Williams used some Saints engine and they're right at the back. But that being said, look at this year. Russell's got into Q2 countless times, which is a massive step up for them. In Bortomeo, Russell finished the race 14th, not 19th. It's a huge step. No. Okay. Yeah. It's still not in the points. It's nothing like that. But it's a start. 
the only points they really scored in the last few years was because not enough people finished so everyone got a point that finished the race so or a bit of luck and someone was a few laps down or something like that and because of other incidents Williams managed to get past them stuff like that now they're actually earning the points obviously one thing I haven't mentioned about Williams is the huge um, bit of news that the Williams family did sell Williams to a big investment Um, so hopefully Williams can put that money in and start doing a lot better and start getting back up in the points but sadly that that has meant that Claire and Frank have stepped away from the roles have stepped away from the team next weekend is Monza which will be good first race there in a long time no not Monza sorry Imola same place kind of Italy <laughs> it's going to be interesting last weekend in Portimao let's get back to that right sorry I keep jumping around let's get back to Portimao chaotic start a lot of people jumped around Bottas got the lead back from Hamilton and Hamilton got it back a few laps later Sainz was leading at one point um Perez and Max collided. The Hamilton and Max just dropped back a bit before coming back up. And there's a bit of rain on the track, which threw everyone off and made everyone slide and go wide in most corners. Quite a few lockups into turn three, four, um, five, few lockups around those corners. And both Ferraris in the points. Which is, I don't know. What, what the workings of Ferrari um, have been doing recently, but that's a good outcome for them. I don't know what's gone wrong for them to mean that they're just not able to compete this year, really. I mean, when you look at um, the standings, they're what, sixth now in the constructors? So. It's not where Ferrari should be or would normally be. And okay, yeah, it's been a bit of driver error at times, but it's mainly the car itself. I mean, I don't. The one thing I don't understand is Seb and Leclerc are so far apart in the race. They have the same car, or at least should the same car there's no way Vettel can be that far off it that can't just be down to him it's got to have something to do with the car maybe it's just not something he can control or drive very well with maybe like the car's not very suited to him more suited to the car maybe they've turned his car down or done something to it so it's like, we don't want you, we want you to do not that great. You never know. One thing that does kind of surprise me is the fact that they said they won't be competitive until 22. So, next season they won't be in it either. 
surely if you see your pace isn't going that great you're going to try your hardest to get it done the next season if you're if you know the next season you're not going to be competitive at all you need to work on that you can't just dismiss it here if that's how Ferrari's thinking then how do we know 22 is going to be any different and I don't think Bonotto's got a job next year at Ferrari like he has at the moment there's no way they're going to keep him on because look at the turnaround that's happened they went from winning races to this like what's going on last year would have been the last car that um, or even Benny had anything to do with because obviously they work on the next year's car during that season so last year was actually Arifa Benny's technically car which means that this year is the first car that Binotto's had or like had input in the design and make so what's going on now obviously there's been a lot of incidents involving Ferrari Austria I mean Spinana which I like Seb I didn't used to when he was um, in the old days however now I kind of I, I do like him I feel sorry for him a lot I'm glad to see him going to Aston Martin but in the first race he spun in the second race Leclerc took his rear the whole rear of his car throughout the year there's been more incidents I mean look at last year even last year in Brazil the contact between the two that caused double DNF something's to be fair I could go on talking about for hours about Leclerc because I don't like him at all I just something about him I don't like I mean when you look back at Japan when he was holding on to that mirror to stop it from coming off and he stayed out even after he was told he had to come in and Debris came off his car and took the mirror off Lewis and damaged his car and everything and at that point you're then putting other drivers at risk and when he went through 130R with one hand on the mirror everyone said oh what a great thing oh, he's managed to pull that off okay but it's reckless there was a high chance that wouldn't have worked that he could have gone straight off into the barriers and caused a massive incident and then red flag the session while they're trying to get everything fix the barrier and everything it's not a great thing it's reckless yeah okay it's good that he pulled it off but still I mean Monaco last year okay yeah 2018 when he was at Salva or wherever it was at the time I think it was sour at the time. Um, that wasn't his fault. His brakes failed. Okay, fair enough. But last year at Monaco, the puncture was his own fault for going for a stupid move at a really tight apex. That he should never have gone for. He dived down the inside in a really tight corner. Why would you... Like, go for that when you know that's really not the place. He could have just held on and got him on the straight. 
You should never have gone for that. Everyone's saying about how good of a move it is. It's not. He's just ramming his car down the inside hoping he doesn't hit someone and forcing them to stop to avoid a collision. And then he got the puncture. And, I mean, we're not even, like, drivers, but even I know. You don't go flooring it back round to the pits because your tyre's going to shred and it's going to rip your car to pieces. But he does anyway and forces himself to retire. I mean, I could moan for hours about him. He's just... I don't like him at all. He's, I think he's arrogant and I can honestly rant about him for so long. I'm not though, because you guys don't want to hear me rant about Leclerc. Maybe you do. If you do, then tweet us at BoxerSofts on Twitter. Um, ask us questions, anything like that. Raise points, we'll talk about them. Um, and even if you want... Um, I'll t- like we'll tweet when we're next to in the episode um, and you guys can talk to us and get involved if you want um, we can literally have discussions while doing the podcast it has been a crazy chaotic season 2020 and I'm looking forward to the last few races Personally, I think Lewis is going to get the championship and Mercedes is going to get the constructors. And if he does that, then he's equal to Schumacher. And that's another record. Well, equaled. He's already beaten Schumacher in more than one record. But that's yet another one to his name. And as much as a lot of people don't like him, you just can't deny He's insanely talented, he's gifted, he has natural talent, and he is just an amazing driver. You can say whatever you want about his personality, but as a driver, he's outstanding. Now, I am going to wrap this up at half an hour, so I'll keep going for about four or five minutes. I'm only wrapping it up at the moment, um, that's the first one, Um, but because it's just me, I may end up doing them all just half an hour, I'm not sure. Um, I'm going to other races and things like that at another time one thing I would like to talk about is Nico Hulkenberg now he was left without a driver this year and he was brought in for three races with Racing Point now his first race doesn't technically count because the car didn't even allow him to get to the grid so he didn't even get to start that race however the other two He did. He managed to score points and do really well, actually. But I mean, when you look at the um, constructors, well, not constructors, the drivers. He's fifteenth in the drivers' championship. Fifteenth. Now, also, when you look at the constructors, if you add together the points that Williams, Haas, and Alfa Romeo have. Nico Hulkenberg has more points than all of those three combined. That's three teams. Six drivers combined. He has more points than. And this is someone without a seat. Now, obviously, Haas have got rid of Grosjean and Magnussen for next year. 
and they say financial reasons, I'm guessing that's financial from damages of the car, because we've seen what they're like, I'm surprised they've actually lasted that long, I'd say either, either damages to the car, or damages to Gunter's door, that's, don't know how much a door is for Gunter's office, but, that's got to add up as well, now, the other question that then raises, is who's going to take those seats, Paris is free, and Hulkenberg's free, and then you've got all the Def 2 drivers, so who do you choose? Personally, I'd say Hulkenberg deserves a seat, definitely deserves a seat, um, Perez, mm, he's okay, I don't think he's the best. I don't think he's a great, great driver. I think he's okay, obviously. But I don't think he's the best. Um, talking of Hulkenberg, actually. There was talk about him going to Red Bull. But there's also talk of Russell taking that seat. Now, I don't see Russell... I don't see Russell taking the Red Bull seat at all. Yes, Russell's done incredible for Williams. But Russell is not Red Bull standard. Maybe a smaller midfield team. Maybe Alpha. Maybe uh, Romeo, that is. Maybe Haas. Something like that. Not Red Bull. I'd say Renault's probably the furthest he could go. Talking of Renault, I forgot to mention earlier, but I'm going to include it because this is kind of one that I just talked about the entire season and I want to go to it. Daniel Ricciardo's podium one of everyone's favourite drivers or personalities at least and he got the podium finally now that was an incredible moment and we love to see it the only downside was he forgot to do Shui on the podium but he did it after and now Cyril has to get his tattoo so I'm looking forward to hearing about that but 2020 crazy season and it's given us one of the most exciting however many races we've had I think it's something like 13, I'm not sure but it's given us an incredible season so far and we've still got three more races so hopefully it can continue being crazy and exciting and hopefully also into the future especially in 2022 when we get those new cars well, this has been the first episode of the BoxBox Box podcast Remember to follow us on Twitter uh, at Box for Softs, and we'll see you in the next one. See ya.